you know, we don't need to introduce this guy. He's the founder of this church. He was the pastor for 15 years. And uh, we're just glad to have him back. He's going to lay on us now. Come on, look at Before... Uh, Terry forgot one thing. I, I tried to train him well, but if you're, if you're chewing gum and you're preaching, then you can also put the gum in your welcome card. It's a good thing to take your gum. Um, you, you forgot that. Terry, come on up here. Can you just say hello to my lovely wife? And I'm going to let her greet you all. He knows I don't like to get up. <laughs> anyway, I'm so thankful to be back in Texas. It's sweet to sit. We really miss all of you. It's so good to see all of you. See Billy. I didn't see him again. Maybe. So there's a lot of you I said hi to yet, so I just want to be sure that I get to. Yeah. So anyway, it's so great to be back in the world. Thank you for being here today. Tell them about the food in Florida. Oh, it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. There's no salsa. There's no Mexican food hardly at all. So I'm Can you imagine living without salsa? So when we, we started out in San Antonio on this trip, and and we ate it. Um, the lunch when we got there, we ate it at Tom, uh, Tomatilla. We ate at Casario, we ate at Mitiera, we ate last night at Joe T's. <laughs> so I'm getting my fill. So I'm we have to go on a diet, so thanks. <laughs> well, it is really um, great to be back here with you all. And, and uh, Eddie, Sherry, worship team, uh, wow, we missed We've missed worshiping with you. We, we go to a little four-square church in Astatula, Texas. I mean, Florida. <laughs> well, it's almost like Weatherford. Um, in fact, the area where we live in Florida is very much like Weatherford. And it's got hills and stuff. And when, when we go to church in Astatula, got to say it like that, because it's, it's, it's farm country in Astatula. And Astatula is the safest city in Florida. It's also one of the tiniest cities in Florida. <laughs> and there's a little four-square church there, and it's, it's a lot smaller. And, uh, and we're glad to be there to just partner with uh, Matt and Jill Lovely, who are a, a great pastoral couple. And, um, but they have no worship team. And uh, they don't have the gift that this church has. And so they do a very good job, though. We sing to pre-tape music. And at first, when I went there, I thought, wow, how's this going to work, you know? But they do a very good job with it, only it's not the same, Eddie. Um, I'm so glad you and Sherry could be here. I heard they were going to rush away with some kind of honeymoon shenanigans, and, and um, you know, I was offended, but not really. I was sad, and then I was happy. I mean, everyone needs honeymoon stuff, right? doesn't matter how old you are. So now, if you remember when I used to preach, i got to kind of pause and stutter a little bit until I find my message. Because <laughs> I've been talking to everybody for so so long, and I uh, didn't have everything prepared like I should. So um, <clears throat> it's here somewhere. 
You're gonna have to whoever who's editing the um, the stuff now. Does somebody edit this? You can edit all this out. That's me. Okay, buddy. You, this is the part you edit. I'm gonna I, say. I got your back. Okay. <laughs> say hey, Ed. Edit this part out. There it is. I got it. Okay. All right. So, so Terry said, well, you know, come. And, and, you know, I said, do you need a preacher on the 24th? And he said, sure, come on out. So we had a business trip in San Antonio. We were able to arrange that then to come here, be with our lovely family, and have a Thanksgiving. We miss our family, too. And, and um, you know, wish, wish Hannah could have come with us and we could all be together. Um, but we're here and we're enjoying it. And I thought, I want to I bring a word to you that will encourage you, but also kind of tell you about what the Lord's doing in our lives. So I'm going to kind of intertwine that, hopefully, uh, with you. I don't know if out in the lobby there are any of those. Are there still some of those red cards for the Bible reading program life? Uh, good, good. Um, I'm going to grab. I think there's more in the office. I want to grab a stack before I leave. Um, because I'm preaching on that next Sunday at our church in Astatula, Florida. Um, <laughs> I just finished my reading this morning. So I want to encourage you. This is a new year coming up, right? And this is kind of an intro to the message, too. But I want to encourage you, if you haven't started a, a reading program and journaling program and, and just reading through the Bible each year, uh, what a wonderful time to start. My wife this year has killed it. I mean, that girl is just, she's already, she lapped me this year. Of course, she's not journaling yet. Next year, I'm going to buy her a journal. But that girl, you know, is just, she just devoured. She went through the whole Bible. Now she's going through the whole New Testament, the, the, you know, the second time again. And, Every once in a while, we both are sitting there now since she's not working. We get up in the morning, and, and I'm in my chair. She's in her chair. Hey, honey. How are you doing, sweetie? And uh, she's got her caffeinated coffee, and I've got my decaffeinated coffee because I don't really need caffeine. And, um, and we're sitting there, and she, she'll be reading, and I'll be reading, and I'll such a little... Why does it say that? <laughs> you know, so we're having this little Bible study as we're going along, but she's just she's reading like crazy. She I'm done. I go, You're done. She beat me, so I was a little bit jealous. But each year, uh, over the past how many years, I have tried to read a different translation of the Bible. And I've shared this with you before, you know this, but let me just remind you. It, to me it's a fresh experience. I get an unmarked, now I'm doing it digitally, so you don't get, a, you know, you, you buy, I buy a new Bible on my iPad, and I, I read this year through the Christian Standard Bible. I would like to say, good translation. If you haven't read that one, I recommend it. And so I got the Christian Standard Bible, and I began to read it, and I came across the scripture that we know, most of you, if I just, I'm going to give you the reference, you'll, it'll already come, it'll rush to your mind. But Proverbs 3, 5 to 12. And we're going to read it together. The one that says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Is that a very familiar scripture to you? I mean, boy, I mean, we all know that scripture. And so I was reading through that, and something jumped out at me as I read it with the Christian Standard Bible. So the title of my message 
is thinking about him in all your ways. And I want to just add that as we began this journey in Florida, whenever you plan a new journey, anybody gone on vacation before? And you loaded up maybe the RV or, or you got your bags packed. And I remember first trip to Hawaii, Karen and I, first trip. And it was going to be that romantic trip to Hawaii, right? And we had our bags packed and the whole thing. We were going to get off the airplane. And they were going to put the flowers around our necks and the whole shot. We were so excited. A whole week in Hawaii. Me and me and this was before Hannah. We didn't even have kids. It was just the two of us. We were going to be there. And we got to the airport and they put the flowers around our neck. And we stood at the carousel and our bags never came. And so we went to the baggage check and they couldn't find him. They didn't know where they were. And we said, well, we have no clothes. We have nothing. What do we do? And so they gave us $50 each at that time. And we went to Crazy Shirt and we bought a pair of uh, shorts and T-shirts. Um, and uh, we then our like, luggage came a day later. So whenever you go on a journey, you really don't know what to expect, do you? You, you have an idea of what this trip is going to be. And I remember when I was talking to the baggage check, I said, this is supposed to be my dream trip with my wife. Where are my bags? How can we have a dream trip together with no clothes? word there was trip. I'm ashamed of y'all. I am ashamed of you all. Shucks, let's give me some ideas. I'm going to turn red now. Okay. So Karen and I got, you know, this new adventure as you walked with us through and you sent us out to Florida and we had this idea of what Florida was going to have for us and what our ministry and, and how everything was going to work out and, and uh, none of it went the way we thought at all. Uh, went to a district of Foursquare that didn't know me and I tried reaching out to all the churches about the Foursquare Mission Press and the Children's Gospel Box, one dollar reaches one child. Make me proud here at the fellowship, please. Keep it going. And um, nothing. And I started just to seek the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, I've, I, in fact, I'm a little rusty, Terry, so I may go over because um, I won't. But I haven't preached very much. I'm preaching twice in a row. You, when you preach every Sunday for 15 years, you know, it's just like, second nature, but when you haven't preached, I, I may preach twice this year. I've spoken twice this year. Sometimes when Karen goes out shopping, I just set up a little little <laughs> chairs and I pretend, you know, but it just hasn't been the same. Um, I, I needed half of a rust in there to make it like the first Sunday we ever preached. But I, I love rust too much now to split them in half. Okay, anyway... And if you don't know what that means, ask Russ. Uh, so 
So we, nothing happened the way I thought it was going to happen. And, and basically, it wasn't until I went to Foursquare Connection that God began to redirect my paths. So I want you to open your Bibles to Proverbs 3, and we're going to look at verses 5 to 12. And I've got what you call a hermeneutically perfect sermon. I have three points and three bonus points. But I don't have a poem. So, Terry, if you can maybe close with a poem. you got or, or no, I should have had Mitch. I should have called him ahead of time to have one of his, his cowboy poems to close me out. All right, so Proverbs 3. Let me look at verses 5 and 6 with you. Just listen. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. Now, in the Christian Standard Bible, it says this. Think about Him. In all things. Now, in our New King James Version, which most of us read, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Is that the way you, you've known it and memorized it? Can I tell you that, to me, um, I know that the word in Hebrew for acknowledge has a lot more meaning than what the word in English does to us. But when I think of the word acknowledge, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm being preoccupied or focusing on something. It means I just know it's there. So you know how clumsy I am. And so I'm acknowledging that there's speakers, flowers, and a, and a thing here, but I'm liable to trip over them at any minute. Because just acknowledging something's there doesn't mean that I'm really thinking about it. Does that make sense to you? You, you, you with me? So I can acknowledge that God's there. I can acknowledge that He's faithful. I can acknowledge that He's good. I can acknowledge that He's loving. But that doesn't mean that I'm thinking about Him in all things. He's like, I know, but I'm doing my own thing. Have you ever just found yourself doing your own thing and not doing it with God? So the first thing is we have a call to think about the Lord. We have a call to think about the Lord. Acknowledging can become a passive activity where thinking is actually activating yourself in something that is not passive, but it is proactive and it is involved. I remember, you know, when... I dated my wife and was away from her the first summer working in California. I had her picture. And, I, and, and it was like when I was traveling from Michigan, I put it up in the hotel room and I would sit there and stare at it. And I would think about her. I'm not kidding. And every day, she didn't do this, but I did. Every day I'd go to the mailbox and I'd open up the mailbox. That was, you know... The only way we could communicate back then, either that or a, a long-distance call that made, this guy's old. Yeah, I know. A long-distance call that costs money. Open up the mailbox, see if there was a letter from Hannah or Karen. Hannah Karen, as I call it. Um, <laughs> and I wrote more letters to her than she did to me. But anyway, I was thinking about her all the time. 
I had a picture of my wallet when I was stocking shells at Alpha Beta. And, and every once in a while, I'd just pull it out and I'd look at her and I'd think about her. You know, I was actively engaged in thinking about Hannah. And we need to be actively engaged in thinking about the Lord in everything. Are you with me there? It says that when we do this, He will guide you on the right paths. Now what happens is when we get involved on a journey and it's not going the way we had anticipated it would go, we can begin to think about all the things that are going wrong around us or we can begin thinking about negative things or we can begin thinking doubtful things and what happens is our whole world becomes upside down and instead of walking in faith, we begin walking in fear We begin not knowing if God's going to show up and we don't know what to do. But when we think about him in all things, he directs our paths. Now, we may still be on a road that we don't know where it's going and the road doesn't look like it's going in the right place and where you anticipated or wanted it to go. But if you're thinking about him in all things, he is always going to direct your paths. I haven't preached in a long time, but I think that was pretty good preaching. (laughs) Wow. I'm getting it back, Terry. I can feel it. An hour later, they'll know I got it. Just kidding. I'm the king of 12 noon. We, secondly, have a choice. No, I don't have three C's in my first point, but I got three P's in my bonus points. But the second one, first a call, and then secondly, we have a choice when thinking about the Lord. Look at verse 7. Do not consider yourselves to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The first prerequisite in thinking about the Lord in everything is humility. You know, no matter how much we think we know, we really don't know hardly anything about God. No matter how much we plan and how much we think we know the direction we're going or where life is going to take us, we really don't know what's around the corner. Do we? And so we have a choice. When I'm on that pathway and things take an abrupt left turn or a squiggly line, how many remember? No, never, I won't go there. Because <laughs> nobody will remember. And then it'll be one of those examples where I see all your faces go like this. <laughs> so people are going to come up, what were you going to say? You know, I'll tell you later. Okay, so the first prerequisite is humility. And then in the second part of that verse, the second is a willingness. Now listen to this. This is very important. Because we miss this. When I say this, the first thing you're going to think of is bad things. But the second is a willingness to let go of our sin. Now when I say that, you know, we think of, of overt actions against God. But I want to just say our flesh. 
It's not just our disobedience or overt actions of sin, but we've got to be willing to let go of ourselves, Our trust in us, our trust in what we know, our trust in what we understand. To trust in that is sin, brothers and sisters. Because the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not to trust in yourself. Not to trust in what you know. Not to trust in what your pastor has said, even though you have a great pastor. Not to trust in what your mama said, although you have a great mama. And Terry, you know your mama's here. You have a great mama. Great mama, mama. I know you're a great mama. But you don't just trust in that. You trust in the Lord. And it's a choice. Every time something takes a wrong turn or an unexpected obstacle pops up in the road of life, you have a choice to think about Him and to trust in Him. And to do that with a humility and a willingness to let go of yourself. I think sanctification in our life, the simple big word for just talking about what it means to be like Jesus. Well, what sanctification really is, is just less of you and more of Him. You know, John the Baptist knew this. Can you imagine? Here's John the Baptist. Now you talk about somebody who had a new ministry and a growing ministry and the talk of the town. John the Baptist was the talk of the town. Everybody was going out to see John the Baptist. I mean, if it was a mega church right now, he'd be Joel Osteen. And, you know, and the Jordan River would be Lakeside Church. And everybody's going to the biggest church in America. You know, they're all going to see John the Baptist. And then John the Baptist sees Jesus coming and he says these words. He must increase and I need to decrease. Wow. 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 Third point. I'm going to get you my bonus points here real quick. The third point is, first we have a call to think about Him. Then we have a choice to think about Him. And I want to tell you, there's a real advantage. I was looking for a C word. Terry, I couldn't find it. I didn't have my thesaurus when I was working on this at 35,000 feet. So, you know, I, I just grabbed advantage. So I'm a little disappointed in myself. But we have an advantage in thinking about the Lord. Verse 8. And I'm going to insert thinking about the Lord in this verse, if you will allow me to do so. This thinking about the Lord will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Beloved, John writes in 3 John 1 verse 2, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. What do you think could happen if we really began thinking about the Lord in every situation of our lives. If our, if our fear and our worry and our anxiety and our doubt and our pain, if in those moments we began to think about the Lord, think about His goodness, think about His faithfulness, think about His love, think about His presence, think about His promises, focus on Him, think about Him. John says this, 
health will come to us. He wants us to prosper and be in health just as our soul prospers. Karen and I had the privilege of going to the memorial service for Mama Dorn. How I remember Papa and Mama Dorn. Mama Dorn finished out her course uh, just a few days short of age 90. She battled with Alzheimer's at the end of her life. But up until the day that she died, she continually worshiped and praised the Lord. She thought about the Lord. You, there were pictures of her. She couldn't remember everything. She couldn't preach anymore. And I, I just listened to her wonderful sermon. She was standing right here. I remember the first time they spoke. She was 81 years of age, and she spoke on the third day. How many remember that message? You know, on the third day, and I heard her voice, you know. And she was calling stuff out to the congregation. What a wonderful woman of God. And, and her life. But she would be in church, not even being able to, to understand what was going on. And her arms would be just lifted up. And her face would be turned toward heaven. And there was a, a short video her son posted where she was just reading the word. And she was reading about, And the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. And she put her finger up and she said, that's a good one. <laughs> There's an advantage to thinking about the Lord. Even though she battled in her end days, she never battled in her spirit or her mind was at peace with the Lord. And her husband, Papa Dorn, 90 years old, still preaching. Still going on with the Lord. They're proclaiming the faithfulness of God in his life. So here's your bonus three. The first one I've already talked about. The advantage is number one, prosperity. God desires that we prosper and be in health. As his word and as our thinking about him becomes the center of our lives, the result is this. Spiritual, emotional, and physical blessing and health. You know, if we will just... See Him in every situation. And it's hard. When you're going through... Let me tell you, I'm not speaking from just you know a little devotional thought. I'm speaking from my life. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, there is still prosperity for the believer as we think about the Lord. The prosperity is not always a Cadillac, and usually it isn't. The prosperity is the fruit of the Spirit growing and abounding in your life. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And it says against such what? There is no law. You're free. Second three-point bonus. I got all peas on this one, Terry. Verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Think about Him. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. So there's prosperity. The second advantage is provision. Now we all will come across financial challenges. We left here. We knew the Lord wanted us to lease our home, not sell it at the time we moved. There were, there were scriptures He gave me. I, I, don't, I should have wrote those down. I didn't. But God clearly spoke to us right when we were ready to move. We had a full price offer. In fact, $1,000 more uh, than we had it listed as. But 
We prayed about it, and the Lord said, no, I've told you to lease it for the two years. And so we did, in faith, being obedient to the Lord. And we get out there, and and a, a nice family moved in with a small child. And then three months later, they broke the lease. They broke the lease. They didn't pay. They split up. They left. And I want to tell you that I'm not really, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of semi-retired, although I'm almost working full-time, you know, for Mercado Latino. But I, I don't have as much coming in as I used to. And Karen doesn't have as much coming in as she used to. And so now, all of a sudden, now i got two house payments to make. No tenant, and uh, money's going out. It's going out, and we're saying, "Lord, what's going on here? What's going on here?" And I just, I thought to myself, "Lord, we honor you." I just, I just got before the Lord, and I said, "Whenever, whenever you bring resources into my hand, the first thing I do is think about you, and I honor you with my tithe and with my offerings." You know that, Lord. So I'm trusting you to be my provider. You promised me provision. You promised you would take care of us. I'm asking you to rebuke the devourer. I'm asking you to do all these things. And then I, I just had this sense. I said, you know, even though money's going out and I don't understand it, I know God's still in control and he's got a purpose of what's going on. Now, I don't know what it is. And about three months later, all of a sudden, we finally get an offer for our house. And the new tenant happens to be the new pastor of the Church of Christ in Weatherford. And his whole family. Now, I don't know their, 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 their names because they don't reveal their names. I guess I could figure it out by going online right now. you know. But I did know what their job was because they reveal what the jobs are, where they work, and the income when you vet and you approve a new tenant. So I thought to myself, well, Lord, if all of this was to provide for one of your servants, then I I receive it. Because it's not just my provision God's worried about. It's your provision, too. Do you realize that? We are always focused in times of leanness on our own provision, but we don't realize that sometimes our leanness is to provide for someone else's leanness. And make a blessing in their life. Our pastor at Astatula, Florida, always says, we want to be a blessing. We want to be blessed so we can be a blessing. We want God to bless us, not so we can just gather more, but so that we can bless others. And so I think that's good. So provision. I, I just read, I finished up in Malachi. And Malachi says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up for you a window of heaven and pour out for you such things, that blessings that there will be no room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer. And I stood on that passage. I said, Lord, I think feel like the devourer is just, just having a, a smorgasbord. He just, he, just went, he, he just went to, what's that smorgasbord? Um, what, what is it called? Yeah, that one. Yeah, he's, he just went to that smorgasbord, and, and he's just filling up his plate, and he's, and he's getting all the meat, Lord. He's not even eating any salad. Don't you hate that? If you ran a smorgasbord, you don't want the guy who comes up and doesn't even get any salad and just starts eating the meat. 
just eats it, all the meat. And I said, Lord, rebuke the devourer. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine uh, fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. In Philippians 4, 19 to 20, and I've never seen it fail in my life, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glories by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So when you're going through lean times, put him first. Think about him and he will provide it. And finally, there's perspective. In verses 11 and 12, it says, Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe his discipline, but think about the Lord. Now I put that in there, but it fits. Don't don't get mad when God tries to teach you something or when you get a spanking. Whomever the Lord loves, he chastens. I want to tell you, if you got kids and they have children and they're just going, well, we're, we don't believe in spanking. We're just going to put little Jimmy in the corner for time out. You're going to have a lot to deal with little Jimmy until he learns. Don't despise the Lord's instruction, my son. Do not loathe His discipline, but think about the Lord. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves, just as a father the son He delights in. When the road I face is not the road I expected, I need to think about Him. I need to really, and and that's what I do, immerse myself in His Word, immerse myself in His promises, immerse myself in the stories of the saints that made it through, meditate upon God's faithfulness. I need to recognize that He's always working all things, even His discipline in my life, for my good. I think, well, Lord, I love you. You know I love you. I'm in the ministry. And, uh, you know, I mean, what do I have to be disciplined for? A lot. And you know what? I don't know what it is until I'm disciplined. As I think about Him, as I, I, I focus upon Him, my perspective changes. My perspective changes. And inch by inch, I begin to become like Him. And listen to Romans 8.29. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. And then I love this in Romans 8.18. I consider the sufferings of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's true for all of us. So now here's here's how I'm going to close this up. I'm going to tell you what's happened to us. So I had to learn all of it. I mean... You know, you, you think you know something, and then you've got to relearn it. And, and you don't learn something in a classroom. You learn concepts, principles, and disciplines in a classroom, but you don't learn life in a classroom. Where do you learn life? Life. You learn life on the pathway of life. You learn life when life disappoints you. You learn life when you hit a roadblock in life. You learn, you learn life when you're praying and nothing's happening. And But if you're thinking about Him. And so I went to a connection and I saw Jeff and Peggy there and, and they were the, like a few, just a few familiar faces because it was all the way in Seattle. And it was Seattle, right? No, where was it? No, Tennessee. It was Nashville this year. Nashville. Yeah, because I drove. It was in Nashville. A lot of the people from Texas weren't there. Only a, a couple, two or three that I, I knew. And so 
I was working the whole week in the booth. I was working the whole week. And I, I you know, I, I just really tried to be very helpful. And uh, I talked to just dozens and dozens of pastors. And what I realized when I talked to these pastors is that they, first of all, didn't know much about Foursquare Mission Press. They didn't know about all the resources that were available. And they didn't really have any type of program to disciple and train their people. And I thought to myself, and these were pastors of churches under 200. I can't say smaller. My wife told me that's not good. So pastors of churches in attendance under 200. And I thought to myself, I said, when you go to these conferences, and this is true. And Terry, I know you haven't been to one yet. I don't think a national connection. Jeff, you have. You go there and the people they platform are the people, like, they'll give the testimony. Well, we've just been seeking the Lord and we're opening up our fifth satellite location. Now, you're, now you're a pastor of a church under 200. And, and you get someone talking about opening up a satellite location. And you're just looking at them and, and it's like they're talking to you in a language you've never heard. You're struggling just to make it in your church in attendance under 200. Notice I didn't say smaller. <laughs> and they're talking about getting, uh, trusting God, and he brought $5 million in for, to build uh, the next satellite campus. And you're going, our budget's not even, it doesn't have a five at the beginning of it. <laughs> it asked the two of Florida. We don't even have six digits in our budget. So when a pastor of a church who's giving his heart and life to the congregation, the community that he or she serves, most of them are bivocational like I am, like your pastor Terry is now. Um, and you're doing two jobs and you're trying to be faithful. You're trying to preach the word. You're trying to counsel, minister, pray, cover all the bases. And I want to tell you, it's hard. And I thought, somebody needs to do something for those churches. And then I felt... I went, somebody needs to do something for these churches. Lord, what can be done for these churches? Lord, something has to be done for these churches. <laughs> so, after... And, and let me tell you, you're a part of it. Because everything that we're going to be working on now with Forest Corps Mission Press and doing now was birthed here. We will be beginning the process of a ministry under Forest Corps Mission Press entitled Local Church Dynamics. Practical help for churches under 200 to reach your community and impact your world. It's going to involve discipleship material, which we developed here, the cross track, the dove track, the cup track, and the crown track. It's going to include 
the children's discipleship materials that we developed here. Jesus baptism in me, Jesus the Trinity in me, Jesus the Holy Spirit in me. It's going to include all of the resources of Foursquare Mission Press, all of the resources of the children's gospel box. And then here's something I know Terry probably doesn't even know about because I really didn't know about is that there are two wonderful digital libraries that are free downloadable stuff for every department in the church. There's the Paul Risser Memorial Library and the Mary Lou Canada, the lady who started the Four Square or the Children's Gospel Box Ministry, has a complete library of downloadable PDF material available for free to the local church. And then all the pamphlets that I've written over the years, all of these things are going to be made available to churches under 200, and we're going to be promoted through Foursquare Mission Press and Foursquare Mission International. Now, I had no thought of anything like that when we left here and went to Florida. The pathway didn't look straight. It didn't look defined. Everything I thought I was going to do when we got to Florida didn't happen. No doors opened up. And money dried up. And in all of that, I kept thinking about Him. And the Word of God says, if you think about Him, He will direct your paths. As Hannah and Karen, Hannah Karen, <laughs> as Karen, my lovely wife, I just, I, I love them both so much I get them all mixed up. But as my, we were walking in Lava Ita in San Antonio. And we were just kicking off the end of the day, just relaxing. And the phone rang. And it was Bob Hunt, the director of Foursquare Mission Press. And he said, I just want to touch base with you. You know, what's our next steps? And we talked about it. And then he started saying, I got an idea. He's an artist, by the way. You know that picture out in your lobby? He painted that. And, and he just painted a new one of Sister McPherson's parsonage in 1933 when they had a record snowstorm and her parsonage all covered with snow. He goes, you know those Under Armour shirts? I said, yeah, Under Armour. He said, I'm seeing under 200. He said, I'm seeing a logo, under 200. He said, every pastor would know what that means, under 200. You just went up, you said, hey, pastor. And you looked at him and you went, under 200? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, he knows what you mean. Boom. And do you know that 85% of all the four square churches are under 200. Do you know that over 8% of all the churches in America are under 200? So brothers and sisters, God is no respecter of persons. Worship to me, I'm going to let you come up and I'm going to let Terry close. But I want to say to you this. If you're going through something right now, if you're struggling right now, if you're having difficulty right now, and I'm turning it over at noon. I don't know what they're going to do to you. But... <laughs> But think about Him. In all your ways, think about Him.
we're going to go ahead and we're going to close out with a couple of songs of worship. And uh, <clears throat> Kirk, appreciate what you shared. And I believe this is a word for us as a body because we need to get our eyes on the Lord. And I didn't tell Kirk what we were talking about, but for months we've been talking about the very same thing. I think in different ways, but uh, the Lord wants us to be changed every day. We need to be presenting ourselves to Him so He can change us. But with the worship, I just want to encourage you: let the Lord speak to you. Because all of us have areas in our lives that we like to meddle in just a little bit. We like to like to get in there and say, "No, I want to put this little bit." Maybe I want to rip this out of there completely. Maybe I want to replace this with something else. But all those areas where the Lord is speaking to you, when He's speaking to you, that's the time to respond.
success is that you're not getting paid to now. You're redeeming every day. Thank you, Jesus. Day. Hallelujah. Every day is the day that I am being made new. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't have to wait till I get to heaven. Hallelujah. Right now, you're making us new. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. making us new. That's what you want to do. Thank you, Jesus. That is our call in life is to be made new. Yes. Made Hallelujah. Like you. Thank you, Jesus.
this morning, if you you have a special prayer request, you have a special need, you'd like someone to lay hands on your orange wall or whatever, that, that's fine. Just come when someone meets you at the altar. If you don't know Jesus, all this stuff we're talking about, maybe you, you wonder what the world's all that mean. The Lord is stirring your heart and you're thinking, maybe, maybe I need to do this. I don't know what this is, but I, I want to be more like Him. If that's where you are, come and, come and meet me and we'll talk about it and we'll pray together. Don't go out every day without your heart being changed. Today is the day of salvation. Lord, thank you for the word that we've heard today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you've spoken to us and you are speaking to us. And I pray that you seal that word in our hearts, Lord, that we will go from there knowing that if we'll keep our eyes on you, we'll just keep our eyes on you, Lord. You'll lead us, you'll guide us, you'll change us, you'll direct us, you'll provide for us. Everything that we need in this life and the life to come, Lord, you're there to take care of us. We'll just keep our eyes on you. Put our trust in you. Thank you for that, now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. We're going to dismiss, but, uh, you know, we're going to have a big meal, so don't run off. Take us a few minutes to get everything gathered up, and uh, and we'll meet you over there and get started. So uh, don't hang out over here. Once you get through over here worshiping and praying and everything, go hang out over there so we can get together. Yeah, we're ready to go. God bless you. We'll see you.